0: I'm Andrew Haynes, and this is the Fair Game Podcast, the place where we talk about all things golf. This episode is dedicated to the Northeast. Okay, we might be biased, but there's something really special about golf up here. An amateur named Francis Womet shocked the world in Boston and changed the course of the game from that day forward. Six of the top 10 courses in America are here, according to Golf Digest. In addition to that, The Northeast is home to the oldest and still operating public golf course in America. Shout out, Van Cortlandt. Gene Saracen, the seven-time major champion, is from here. There's also Arnold Palmer from Pennsylvania. Tiger Woods, too. Okay, that last one isn't true, but let's get back to the main point here. Even though there's always a chance that it might snow in May, a lot of awesome stuff is happening up here when it comes to golf. For this episode, we've got two up-and-coming guys in the golf space from our neck of the woods. The first is Dan Sullivan, the founder of Solo Golf Co. The other is Christopher Kavanaugh of Cavi Design. Both call the Northeast home and are bringing fresh perspectives to the game through their creations. Let's get started. Hey guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Um, the first question we like to ask, just to kind of set the stage, is... Tell us a little bit about how you each got into golf. Um, Who wants to go first, Dan? I was going to delegate to Chris, but
1: I'll go first. Um,
0: (laughs) So I've been in golf since I was
1: a kid. So I grew up um, on a golf course. I grew up working in golf, playing semi-competitively, didn't play in high school, played for two weeks in college. It's kind of a funny story. Um, And then switched to the other sport I went to college for and then um after college stayed working in golf mainly in caddying and then really from there i got away from the game for about a decade and then what happened was i was kind of finding myself um relatively you know at that you know quarter life crisis point where it's trying to figure out what you mean you know what you stand for what you want to do um which ultimately kind of brought me back to the game to kind of bring what i think is kind of our perspective on what golf clothes can be and specifically for us, what mid layers and sort of outerwear could look like in the sport. Um, So yeah, that's, that's my two cents on how I got back into it and what it's looked like.
0: Nice. By the way, what was that other sport that you played in college? What was that? Uh, Lacrosse. Oh, lacrosse. Nice. I mean, I I love how all of the, uh, like just the swing sports um, always come back to the golf. So you played golf first, then you played lacrosse or did you play both growing up?
1: I played both growing up. I played every sport growing up, but the golf and lacrosse were my two sports growing up. And then I went further towards lacrosse, played that more competitively, got away from the competitive golf, left that to other siblings of mine. And then when I, the funny story about college golf is so my brother, who's quite a good golfer played for the school I went to, he left Mm -hmm. the school. And then as he was leaving, he told the coach, Hey, my brother's coming here. You should have him on the team. So two weeks before school started, the coach calls me, invites me up, puts me on the team. I joined the team he was, and his his quote was, Dan's more of a casual golfer, I can tell. So then from that <laughs> point forward, I said, I'm going to go back to the sport that I came here to play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Um, so it, like you played both of them. I consider both of the sports to be very difficult. Which one for you is more challenging, lacrosse or golf?
1: Golf 100%.
0: Yeah. That little lacrosse ball flying around, moving at God knows what speeds. No, no, you have no issues with that.
1: No, no, I I don't have issues with that. I don't have issues with getting hit. I don't have issues with the fact that I can't feel my forearms sometimes. (laughs) I have issues with any of that. I have issues with sometimes hitting a golf ball in the right direction and it's all upstairs. (laughs)
0: it's all upstairs that is 100 percent true uh chris tell us a little bit how'd you get into the game yeah
2: so um i guess on the topic of like other sports like so i'm definitely i played hockey my whole life that was pretty much um i mean that took up my entire life especially all the way through college uh played some baseball too but yeah i don't know if you play hockey it's like you kind of have to play golf it's like the two and two kind of (laughs) like go hand in hand i feel like it's just like just one of those things but um yeah getting the golf is like different for me so my dad was a golf course superintendent for 30 years so he just retired like two years ago so I kind of grew up working on a golf course since I don't know I was like 12 kind of cutting greens and just learning all that kind of like the back end sort of like what goes into it which is just crazy and it's just giving me like such an appreciation for like what goes into to, to tailoring a course and seeing him work just like crazy hours and having to answer to, to, to members and things he's gotta, he's gotta deal with was like uh, really eye opening for me and kind of gave me a really good work work ethic, which, which was cool. But yeah, I didn't even play golf then. I, I probably didn't pick up a club and like actually start playing until I was like 15 or something like that. And just did some like random like tournaments with my friends and I was terrible. Like <laughs> my buddies were good and I, but I would play in these tournaments with them just so I could play golf. Like I would just love getting up. I used to wake up at like, 5 a.m. on days I wasn't working at the course so I could like go out there and hit balls with all the members and stuff like that there and, and did stuff like that and then um yeah I know life kind of hits you hockey kind of took over for a really long time uh for sure and then you know after college all of my friends start picking up golf clubs too and it's like just a, just a place to hang out I'm definitely a casual golfer <laughs> about as me- mediocre as I got to golf but I have a good time just kind of going out and i you know, just doing my thing. I just, I like being outside. So that's kind of what it's where it's come from for me.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Uh, it's interesting. Like your dad was a super, what is like, is there, is there anything in terms of golf course maintenance that you don't know how to do? Like, can you check all those boxes? <laughs> that's a good question. I'm really bad at cutting holes. Cause that's like tough. That's tougher <laughs> than like it
2: looks, man. It's like, it's a workout. <laughs> So it's like, that. that's probably the only thing I would like defer to other people do. But yeah, I mean, I cut fairways, greens, you know, I've done, done pretty much everything that there is there. And it was funny too, all my, my high school buddies wanted to work there because it was, it's pretty free and, and fun when you work on a golf course, because you can kind of mess around too at the same time. But, and then you get to like, you know, play every once in a while. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've pretty much done everything on a golf course, I would say. <laughs>
0: nice that's yeah that's cool i mean my um my dad growing up uh my dad was a contractor i grew up in virginia and you know i spent my summers like helping him you know build roofs and you know put in tiles and showers and stuff so my knowledge of these things is like minimal like i could kind of do them a little bit i can i can do it enough to not to not like cut myself it won't be like the best but it's it's reasonable so i did absorb a little bit of what my dad was doing um Cool. And then just to transfer a little bit, I want to circle back with you, Dan, just to talk a little bit about solo. And you talked a, a br- a briefly about just the origin of just you, you know, wanting to kind of like, you know, do something a little bit different in golf. What was that kind of like, I don't know, I guess I would call it the inception moment for you guys to say like, hey, this is what this is what we see that is missing from golf. This is what we want to do. And, and how do we go about doing it? Like, what what's your story?
1: Yeah, um, I think a lot. So since I've been around the sport for so long, um, I was fortunate enough to belong, or my parents belonged to a club when I was growing up. So I grew up really immersed in kind of the wide spectrum of you know what golf has to offer, from private places to you know municipal courses to all of that, and kind of what it represented from a from a clothing perspective. And so I think the one thing was. That as I was getting older and kind of forming my own perspective on what you know what I like from an aesthetic side of things and what I think fashion can be and what it represents, that sort of opened up this kind of perspective that there's a lot more that can be done in golf. I look at golf more like it's it like like uh, Chris was saying, it's an outdoor sport. You, you're you're basically walking around a field, smacking a ball around with a stick. Um, you know the fact that There are specific things and uniforms and, you know, um, dress codes that must be abided by. While I fully understand it, I do have a little bit of a perspective where I think it's unnecessary at times. And I think there could be a lot, you know, that could be done to open up the game when it comes to, you know, how you expect people to dress um, and what what that ultimately means. So I think that's a lot where Solo came from was, you know, I was kind of growing in my sense of my identity from a clothing perspective. And then, you know, also as a person and then looking at the sport and saying, you know, it, it, I was kind of, we were kind of, I started, you know, developing the brand back in 2016. And so it was kind of at that beginning point where a lot of brands, you know, both from a menswear perspective, but also within golf, were starting to see that there was opportunity to do other things. And I specifically thought there was opportunities within kind of like the mid layer and outerwear space to just do some interesting stuff and to kind of bring new and fresh ideas, you know, to the table that aren't necessarily being done. Um, so it's kind of like a lot of things coming together, but I'd say it's, it's, it's a lot of, you know, just um, trying to bring fresh approaches and broaden the perspective of, you know, what golf clothes can be.
0: Nice. Is there a, like a, the name of the brand, does it stand for anything? Like, how'd that come to be?
1: Yeah, the name of the brand, um, there were definitely a bunch of names, which I won't say what they were because it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> the name really just comes from kind of like the individual perspective, the individual identity and, you know, your own sort of um identity with what you wear and kind of how you perceive yourself and how you want others to perceive you. Cause it's, it's, really just all about you and golf's an individual game, you know, 99% of the time. So it all kind of wraps into that.
0: For sure. Cool. Chris. So how did, is it cavi design? Am I pronouncing that correctly?
2: Yeah, correct. Yep.
0: How, how'd you get started doing that?
2: Um, so like my business is kind of weird, <laughs> weird. It's like kind of too, two sides to it. Like design designs kind of like where everything started in terms of like the studio side, I guess you'd say where it's a lot of like me working for people and, um, kind of behind the scenes using other people's ideas to kind of bring out what they want to do and kind of using my expertise in terms of design and creative, um, things just to do that. And then, you know, the other side to which I've been working a lot this year is, is, uh, Kavi, which is, I guess the little kind of brand side of things where I, you know, I'm starting to do collabs with people and um, you know, kind of make my own things and kind of small batch, high quality kind of things, you know, really putting putting my spin on things, like Dan says, just like I've always just been kind of different, especially in terms of like how I dress, um, you know, just how I do, do or think about things. So for me, it's just always just like wanting to put something out there that like I haven't seen, or really in general, like the root of what I do is just I'm doing stuff that I like. <laughs> and you know, hopefully it starts connecting with people and it has, which has been awesome because it's just kind of coming from my brain, but other people are obviously thinking the same thing. They just maybe don't have the capacity to put out there in terms of like a a creative, a creative way or whatever. So it's nice to be able to do that. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's where it kind of comes from. It's, it's, it's honestly just me wanting to make cool stuff with cool people. (laughs) It's really what it is.
0: Nice. I mean, sometimes it's just that simple, you know? Yeah. Find cool people and make some cool things. That's right. Did you go to school for, sorry, editor, you're going to have to clean, clean up this part editor take this part out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving him notes. Um I was going to say did you go to school for design?
2: Yeah, I went for graphic design. I went to um Oswego New York, it's like north of here where I live. Um Yeah, I went there for 4 years. Um and you know, design's kind of a <laughs> no it's I I've been lucky in terms of I've no, always known like I wanted to do creative like thing. I've never like questioned that. Um I was always drawing, doing stuff when I was a kid and then obviously once I found like the computer side of it, I was like, wow, this is amazing because it's like, what's weird is people think I'm like some like amazing, like drawer or like illustrator or whatever, but like, I need all the help I can get. and That's kind of where I got my style from is like being able to like, just be messy and stuff. So once I found the computer, it's like, all right, I can kind of do whatever here. There's so many options of like, <laughs> just being able to find a process. So yeah, right. I, I uh, kind of found my process there in, the, in those four years. I don't, I don't know how much i learned at school to be honest i was pretty hard uh self-taught just just in terms of like grasping my style um but yeah i did go to school for it but once you like really start to like something you just dive into it so i just dove totally into it once once i got the basics down from school yeah
0: nice man no that's freaking awesome it's so funny i yeah because i went to school for design too you learn you learn a decent amount you learn the basics but like all of i would say most of the actual things that i actually know and stuck with me are the things that i just did just from real job real life being thrown into the fire and clients with ridiculous briefs and ridiculous time frames so that's how you do it um it is funny like i feel like and maybe this is me i'm biased because we all live in the northeast um but i think you know one the northeast is one of the most special parts of the country when it comes to golf there's a lot of history here. I mean, the open just happened. I was at Brooklyn. I went um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that place is amazing. And just, you can feel the history there, which is wild. Um, But not only is there history here, there's some really great golf courses, but then there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of like, you know, new, younger, uh, emerging, emerging talent and brands coming out of this part of the country, um, including you guys. And In terms of course design and just courses you love to play, I'd love to just take a moment and have some fun. Uh, In the Northeast, do you guys have like a top three list? I'll do mine last, but I'd love to hear top three courses in the Northeast that you've played. The parameters include, it has to be, let's say, north of, should we include Philadelphia? Should we, yeah, let's include Pennsylvania. It's like Pennsylvania and to Maine, that is your region. Top three golf courses.
1: It's such a good question.
0: Yeah, that's.
2: Chris, a do, you, do
1: you have your answers off the top of your head? If not, I, I can go. I,
2: I can say two right off the top, just because it's like they're close to home, and so I'm gonna go one, just because I worked there. It was my dad's course, Stafford Country Club. It's in Leroy, New York. Beautiful place. <laughs> that's a ton of trees. Uh, pretty short, but like it's tough, man. The trees are. And my dad, when he was there, took out so many trees, and it's still impossible. Um, so that I would say that's one. There's one in Rochester. It's a links course called Ravenwood. Uh had a chance to play that a few times. That's a really great course three. I'd have to think <laughs> I'd have to think. on I'll rip mine.
1: Uh, I just changed my mind anyway, while you were talking. Um, I, so I've had the pleasure of playing Boston golf club, um, which is over in Hingham mass. Um, since I've moved up to this area, I would say that's in my top three, it's just because it's, it's so the court. Like I know you were talking about, um, kind of the history and, and all of that. And and so the course feels like it's been there for 150 years. Um, uh, it was built 20 years ago. Gil Hans was the architect. It's just an amazing place. The amount of um, the amount of different types of, or the, the use of the land is what I find most impressive. It's, it's got a lot of different elements kind of mixed in, um, which I find just to be really interesting. So from a purely like design standpoint, I think that's really a fantastic course. Um, number two favorite for me would be Newport Country Club down in Newport, Rhode Island. That's just because I feel like that's like the closest course that I've played to what like old classic Scotland golf was. Um, and it's just, it's got some, it's got a lot of history and you can't, you feel it when you're out there, similar to what you were saying at TCC. Like when you're just walking around, you feel it. Um, and then my third, I'd have to sit, like throw it back to the course I grew up playing, which was Agawam down in Rumford, Rhode Island, which was a very cool place. If I had any chance, i get to get back and just go walk around that track. It's just pretty special.
0: Nice. I'm trying to think of the, the amount of times that I've played golf. I don't think I've ever played golf in Massachusetts, which is weird. And then just further north. I know further north of there, just I've just never been up there. I've done a few times for work, like clients here and there. So a lot of my golf is in the New York area, right? Very, very close. Um, My three, I'm going to throw out Beth Page just because it's down the road for me and I played a lot. Um, Obviously, the black is amazing, but I low key love Beth Page red. I think that's the one that gets slept on a little bit. It's just, it's designed and it's lengthy. Uh, and there's a lot of these like challenging par four, 472 yard holes where you really have to think about what you're going to do. Um, and you're hitting like long irons into greens. So I love that. Um, other courses that I love, um, a buddy of mine joined this track and I tag along. So shout out Jamie for letting me tag along. Um, it's called St. George's out in, uh, Setauket, Long Island, beautiful. And it is your typical, like, you know, Long Island, far out east, Hampton's Z like beautiful, you know, meadowy landscape, but it's just like nice. It's simple, understated, you know, some interesting, challenging shots, but it's just like pretty. Kind of a tough walk sometimes, you know, not, I'm not in the best shape right now, but it's, I love playing it. Um, and then my third, I was gonna say Sleepy Hollow, which I, I like that one a lot. I think one of the things about that place that I love, I love an old, massive clubhouse. And that one is, I think, probably the biggest one that I've ever seen. Because it just feels like, you know, you got to walk in and wear a blazer, which I like. So that's me. Suited and booted. Yeah. Nice. Chris, we need one more from you.
2: Yeah, I got it. Um, I was between two, but Dan, you might know this one. So it's uh, it's called Highland Links. It's out in North Truro on Cape mm-hmm. Cod. Yeah. And it's just like, so I've been going out to Cape Cod forever. I used to work out there in the summer. Just kind of go up and hang. My family had a house there. Um, it's just a beautiful spot. It's like, really, there's just like nothing there. <laughs> it's just ocean and it's just awesome. And it, yeah, it's just this little nine hole Highland Links course. And it's just, it's right on the water and it's short, but like nothing special, but it's just, I don't know. It's beautiful because it's just like, hits close to home for me. just like brings b- back a lot of memories of like, even before playing golf, so there's like a lighthouse right there. So you can kind of walk through the course, go to the lighthouse, see the water and once I started playing, I was like, "Man, this is so much fun!" You wake up early on like Saturday during vacation, and then just play nine holes and then go hit the beach. So it's it's just it's just one of
0: those one of those places for sure. Nice, that's awesome. I need to yeah, I need to come up there because it's so close. I might as well. Literally, you guys are like three hours away, if that. Um, I'd uh, love to circle back a little bit and talk about just origins from from each of you, respectively. Um, I kinda like to find out like the very first thing you made or the very first graphic. Maybe we can start with you, Chris. Like you've done so many different things for a lot of different people. Do you remember what was the very first, you know, golf graphic that you made? And was it for you? Was it for another brand? You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um hmm. golf might be tough because golf. Golf I haven't been doing that long. I kind of fell into it. So I mean I've only been doing golf ones probably for because you can kind of tell, like I'm definitely not limited to golf. There's 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 some other things, a lot of roots in golf for sure. The first mm-hmm. golf one I did though, I would say, man, I don't even know, I'd have to look. <laughs> um I'm gonna have to assume I had something to do with hip hop. I really, I really won't be able to pick pick like Something off the top of my head, I I would legitimately have to go back and look because <laughs> I used to like when I first started getting kind of like the sports like design kind of rooted thing together, like meshing those together. It was like a lot of hockey stuff. I was doing a ton of hockey stuff because that really didn't exist. And my buddy started like a hockey brand, so I started doing stuff for him. But yeah, the golf stuff definitely would have been just like a random Instagram graphic or something. It wasn't definitely not for like anybody. It was probably just me kind of tooling around trying to like just get it out there and see see what happens you know what I mean <laughs> I would have to look at what it was but that's definitely what it would have been
0: <laughs> strong and then yeah we'll have to look back i'm going to dig back into your gram shortly and we'll we're going to go back yeah we're going to go back to the very beginning um for for you Dan was it the vest i mean at least for me like my my awareness with with your brand was hey, there's this new golf brand on the market. This is just me riffing on like conversations me having with friends. These guys, they make a really cool vest. Was that the first thing you guys ever made? That's So that's the thing that we
1: made that I think defined the brand so well. Um, And it's what we really kind of like stand behind um, in terms of like the future and how it's going to shape what we do going forward. Um, The first thing that we made, that was probably the third thing that we made. Um, the first was, I think, our anorak. So, um, that was, I just wanted to do like something like really simple, like kind of rugged, um, just really like muted in terms of colors, um, really cool pocketing, just a dip, like kind of like that bigger baggier sort of fit. Um, and so that was the first thing that we made. And then very shortly after that, that was in like October of 2019. I launched that with kind of some bottoms and some tops. And then as we got into spring of that next year, um, when we were opening our first shop, um, that's when the hooded best came into play and kind of everything
0: is kind of gone from that point. Got it. Cool. And then you guys just released uh, a new collection. Was it last week? Yeah, a few weeks ago.
1: It launched in store when we when we opened the US Open pop up. Um and then it just got online last week.
0: Yeah. Nice. How'd that pop up come to be? Were both of you guys there? I wanna say yes. Chris was there. Yeah, he came hey.
2: down. Yep, I came down. I was there uh when was I there, Saturday? You right were there now. for a few days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah You came Friday night. Yeah, I came Friday's club event. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super cool, well done spot for sure.
0: Yeah, I heard some good things. I wasn't able to swing by, but I heard it was, and actually I saw a couple articles online that was written up about how there's this really cool, you know, kind of like curated shop, which is one of the things that I think is very refreshing when you're starting to see more of this in golf, where it's not your typical, and don't get me wrong, like in people listening, don't get angry. Like you're at a, tur- you're, you're at a tournament and they're selling the things. You can get your piece with the logo on it, which is fine. But sometimes, at least for me, like I care less and less about that stuff these days. Like I don't want another X generic brand that's embroidered with a logo because you just feel like you have seventy five of those things, and then also, you know, I I tend to not wear those things a lot because I am a I'm I'm more minimal. Like I'll wear a little graphic thing here and there, but most of the things that I own have no logos on them. Um, so I, I thought that was really cool that you guys are part of this, you know, curated shop that was kind of like bringing new fresh brands um you know into the scene uh by the way i'm still scrolling on your instagram and i am way i'm i am deep i see a really cool john daly graphic but i think i don't even think i'm at the beginning yet yeah you do a lot of these cool uh hybrid stuff where it's it's like a little bit of golf but a little bit of like another thing which i think is funny
2: yeah yeah there's a there's definitely a method behind my madness and, and most of it probably just stems from is like I have way too many ideas. <laughs> so I, I can't like <laughs> box myself in because then I'll be, because immediately once I start doing that, then my brain wants to do something else. So it's like my main, my main goal is to like do all these things, but somehow keep it like connected in some sort of way. So it makes sense mm-hmm. still. It's not like super disjointed. So um, that's definitely always a work in progress. But yeah, I would say if we're, you're still struggling, it's definitely probably because I had an idea and I just kept putting them out there that week or whatever it was whatever it was and then and then uh i don't know that's that's usually how that's definitely how it started for sure
0: oh yeah i'm i'm still scrolling but i will say it's cool like i love how you you know you're kind of like using instagram as this uh this you know idea place where you just it's like a mood board where you're just throwing out ideas and concepts to kind of like see you know see what you like and see what sticks which i think is is cool i don't know i have learned to appreciate using instagram for things that it's just like the non-traditional, like you're not just using it to post pictures of, hey, here's a pizza, like whatever, which I I do from time to time, but I love how it's kind of become this, in a weird way, it's a, I don't wanna call it a new website, but it's kind of like this, everyone's there, it's a place where you can kind of like express your brand, then you can also curate your perspective on things, um, which I think is powerful, like especially in golf, at least for me, a lot of the networking and connections that I've made is honestly straight up. It's been through Instagram because you see and you connect with people and they're just there. And when you think of all of the places in golf where people are hanging out and you, you can meet and connect with people quickly, there aren't that many, right? Golf is, I mean, and Instagram does that, which I think is cool. So anyways, I think I'm almost at the begin- almost at the beginning. We're still going back
2: yeah no i th- i would say you're, you're right too on the instagram thing i just I just like want to touch base with you too because i think it's like it's so powerful too for me like you said like keeping contacts with people like like said me and dan met for the first time at, at brookline it's like when other what other time and place like where we can like do that and you finally get to meet all these people that you're working with and like it's really it is a small community right now especially in, like with what we're doing so it's like Keeping up these contacts and, and and being like, you know, just being nice to people and 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 responding to to DMs and interacting with people is it's so nice because it opens up so many opportunities to make contacts and and meet people and go places and do things. So it's it's definitely a, a platform to to other things. It's not the end all be all, but it's if, if if it's used correctly, like it's 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 a really cool thing.
0: Agreed. Uh one more question. Um just for, for Dan with Solo, just with the latest collection, because I'm curious about this, because it's not just uh, when it comes down to kind of like trying out things and, and testing concepts. Um, one of the things that I I was gravitated to with, with the new collection is that you guys are really leaning into like contemporary colors. Um, like I saw there's a, like a neon hat and like there's some really rad colors in there, but you do have this foundation of like classic, um, classic simple pieces. Like I love navy navy blue. Um, I'm curious to understand, and I think maybe some of our viewers might be where there's a lot of thought that goes into picking and and curating color, color systems and theory. You're not just saying I like turquoise and you're making a turquoise thing. Like, what is your thought process when it goes into, you know, picking, selecting, like when I'm making pieces, what is the best, you know, best color to use, for example, because at least for me, uh, I think, there are some colors that are popular. There are some colors that you may like as a consumer, but then at the same time, you have to think about what colors are the best in certain materials and what colors are going to hold with dyes and all that fun stuff. So anyways, um, yeah, what's what's your process in terms of kind of like how you're refining that 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 color palette?
1: Yeah, good question. I think um, one of the kind of like the pillars that we stand on in terms of like from a brand foundation perspective is being pretty minimal, both from a design and like construction perspective, but also from a color side of things. So I think, you know, historically there's been a lot of loud colors, bold patterns, things like that from a clothing perspective in golf. So a lot of kind of, of our ethos is in really simple things, real like earth tone color. Like, so I would say 95% of the time we're going to play with earth tones and we're going to always kind of try to do just muted shades of, you know, dark colors. A lot of the times that's just because that's just not only because that's what we personally like, but I think it just that exudes kind of like what the brand stands for most of the time. And then what I'll do, like, especially from, um, like an accessories perspective, that's when I'll throw in, cool kind of crazy fun colors where it's like you know what I really feel like you know with this navy knit sweater you throw that with like a pop of like a lime green or fluorescent yellow or whatever it is that's gonna look really cool and I think that kind of like ups the ante from um, kind of like that modern more like contemporary perspective kind of when you blend the two things together so it really it's kind of like a combination of just trying to find the pieces and how they all work together. But that being said, like la or this past spring, you know, we we took our hooded vests and we did it in this. Um, it's basically like highlighter orange, like high visibility orange, which is just so loud, it's crazy. But you know, it's fun and it's exciting. I'm they're gone. I have like three left. Um people thought they were exciting, they thought they were cool. And you know, it's so we'll that doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm going to say like, all right, we're just going to make crazy fluorescent colors of the hooded vest. Cause that's 100% not what I'm going to do. My next, the next thing we're going to do with that is even more muted um, colors and things along those lines. Um, but I think it's just like little touches here and there as we can just to like bring some life to the pieces.
0: For sure. No, it's smart. And then also me as a, as a design nerd, the orange, I thought like for me, when I saw that it's, you you started the podcast talking about just you know golf is an outdoor sport and obviously that that blaze that blaze orange has so much history when you think of hunting and like high visibility and then you've got a golfer in this like massive massive sea of green i i just like how like even with with choosing a color it's not just about choosing a color sometimes there's so much more so much more behind that which i always think is cool the average person may not go that far i i do because i'm a nerd but anyways that's just me
1: that's cool. Yeah, I like that.
2: I snagged the orange one when I was there.
1: That orange vest is you to a take. Uh, Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a strong piece. Um, one question for both of you guys, and obviously I think in golf now, there's a lot of discussion. In the past, it was about the hoodies and the jogger pants and all this stuff, but there's something about style, and I would love to get both of your takes in terms of, you know, what is it about golf style particularly that you know it seems to get a lot of buzz and it's one of the things that you know is a, is a really strong conversation point. Um, for, for various reasons. like I saw an article in, in Bloomberg, you know, I think maybe about a month ago where they were talking about how millennials were saving golf by rebranding it. and I think that obviously means a lot of things. And when you take another step back and you look at what golf is now and a lot of the pros and a lot of the cons and, you know, what the game can do, you know, do better, inclusivity, you know, all all those things. Um, It's not that fashion doesn't have a role to play in that, um, but I do think there's something interesting about how fashion seems to be this thing where everyone in some regards can kind of like rally around and, and, and connect with. Like my take on it is that, you know, when people are able to be themselves on a golf course, um, which for a lot of people is, you know, how they dress, right? That's how people express their personalities. I think for me, it's like when people feel like themselves, you are removing one barrier from them, you know, kind of like taking part of something that they may not have been able to experience in the past. So I think for me, that's why I think fashion is interesting and gets a lot of conversation in golf. Um, What do you guys think? What is it about fashion that, you know, that is, getting, you know, that's driving a lot of these conversations in golf?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of things on that topic. I think like one, the huge thing, which is the kind of the massive cloud over everything is that what you wear is a direct expression of who you are in, in some regard. So what you choose to put on that day does say something about you, whether you like it or not, or whether you're trying to or not. So I think that, when you bring that to golf, and this is where there are kind of like the conflicting opinions on golf clothes, dress code, how things should be worn, what should be allowed, um, you know, specifically when you come to a private club. But you know, I think like everyone has very individual perspectives on what is their identity and what do they how do they translate that into what they wear. And you know, I think golf has historically prescribed to kind of like this one size fits all model in terms of what a golfer is and the younger generation, I would say, and this goes, I would say well into the, you know, what you would call a middle-aged person, this, uh, this new generation in golf says there's, there is a different, you know, sort of um, perspective that we want to bring to the game beyond kind of what it always has been historically. And so I think, you know, it's always this kind of, you know, little bit of a battle to figure out. All right, you know, you are going to play at, let's just say, one of the you know tracks that you mentioned or I mentioned, which are you know private clubs. There is a dress code. You are required to tuck your shirt in. You need to make sure that that shirt has the straight collar. It does this. You know, that's good and great. Um, but it's you know, it's like, what do you? You're making somebody change who they are to come and do. The activity that you are playing there, and some folks may say that's okay. Some folks folks might say that that's completely ridiculous. I'm not. I'm in. I'm not in either camp per se. I'm more of trying to figure out what's the happy medium between the two, um, because you know I think on a, on a casual Tuesday like yesterday, I'm walking around in a polo shirt. Regardless, the polo shirt's not tucked in. I'm wearing the shorts that I made. And, you know, the shirt that I made and it's just, that's just what I wear, you know? So like, i kind of carry around that I'm a golfer with what I wear just naturally. Um, but I think it's like, there's a lot that golf can kind of learn from like other outdoor sports. I think specifically where there are different identities and there are different people that kind of participate in that game. And there's, definitely more room to kind of broaden the perspective like the shirt that you're wearing andrew black and white striped cotton t-shirt looks great classic look that shirt goes back to like the 1950s it's a beautiful shirt so it's you know that you know could you wear that to go play golf somewhere i'd say 100 percent. but like why can't you go and show up at you know Sleepy Hollow and wear that it's just, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of like this, this weird sort of game,
0: you know? Right. Yeah. I agree. What do you think, Chris?
2: Yeah. I mean, dance spot on. It's like, there's this, it's almost, we got to find some sort of medium in terms of what it is. Like fashion is and clothing is, it's a universal thing, right? Like it's, we're always wearing clothes. We're always like trying to feel our best. So it's, it's once you're told, like. Like Dan said, you you have to 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 dress a certain way just to go do an activity that you love. So you're kind of downgrading your activity, like the love of that activity right away by having to like, you know, wear something that you would probably not normally wear, as opposed to being able to like you know, wear something that you always love and it makes you feel good the whole time. And then you're just loving the activity a lot more. And you just, I mean, it's a look good, feel good thing, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. I know when I'm wearing like a nice outfit that's making me feel good, like. I'm doing better that day. Right. I'm probably going to do whatever I'm doing better. So it's, it's just, it's one of those things. It's definitely obviously a huge talking point right now. And, you know, I don't know where it's going to go. Obviously we're seeing a ton of change. Um, and I, and I hope it gets better and better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's almost at the point right now where we just kind of got to find some mediums until we, until we just start progressing a little bit more. Um, but yeah, you're, it's, it's definitely comes down to people just really wanting to be themselves. I mean, it's that's really what it is. For sure. I was down at Innis last
1: week. Got a chance to play that course, which was pretty wild. And on the website, it says there's no dress code. And then so you show up to the course. Usually if the course says it doesn't have a dress code, you're probably expecting a dog track. And okay. then you show up to this place and you're like, wow, this is special. Right. Well, mind you, it was probably one of the wildest experiences I've had on a golf course in terms of playing that course. It was crazy. But it's like... I. It was nice to know, like, I can just come out here and and wear whatever I want. And I think that's kind of, like, a fun aspect of things. That's how you can make it more enjoyable, I think, for some people. Um, And I think, you know, not making people fit into a specific sort of genre of a person, I think, is kind of, like, one of the big things, too. It's, like, stop putting people in boxes and kind of saying that this is what they are and who they should be. Um, And I think that's kind of one of the things that, you know, I would love to see kind of, like, move forward in the game a little bit um is kind of like broadening the perspective on like a stereotypical you know like golfer bro you know
0: or like whatever it is Mm -hmm. and i also think that that golfer bro that like stereotypical model i see less and less of that person out there to be completely honest with you i think that that stigma is changing and obviously in in many regards of life like think about it from the uh The perspective of, like, you know, what's cool than just like normal everyday fashion. Like, for example, one of the things that I found fascinating about New York being in the Northeast is that, you know, there was a time where, you know, all of the like cool kids and all of the fashion came out of Williamsburg, right? In Brooklyn, right? You'd go there and, you know, it was all the mid, younger 20 people walking around wearing, you know, five panel hats and, jorts and and whatever the thing is at the time right when i was you know being in being a, a younger person in new york city but over time it's interesting where kind of like that that definition of cool has evolved somewhat where now the neighborhood is much older these are still the like cool kids wearing their shorts and their you know cool air maxes and their hat and whatever but now they are my age they are mid to late 30s they have kids Um, And they're not necessarily cutting edge, but sometimes that stereotypical definition of model is it's still kind of like lingering in the air, even though it just it's not kind of like that definitive moment um, still. So I just I always find it interesting where in certain avenues of life, people have a tendency to compare what they think the masses are doing with what. With what they perceive to be kind of like the peak, but they're probably like five years in the past, does that make sense? Yeah yeah, and yeah. I think I think that we're all we're like from a fashion
1: sense too, like it's all an evolution, both for people, for culture, just for just different groups of individuals, you know like and I think it's like the same thing for golf, like this golf it's like it's the hot topic of the days in the past couple of years has been like golf fashion, like changing golf fashion and all of that. Um, it's all just an evolution. We're going to get to a place where we probably go too far. Um, I would say like in some regards, like where it's like, people are going to say that, you know, you can wear whatever you want anywhere you want. And I think it's just going to probably, you know, implode on itself. Um, if you're to look at like the typical nature of how things happen. So, you know, I think like attacking the happy medium and as you get older too, like you simplify you get, you know, you just you find out your identity more and you decide, you know, this is the bucket that you fit into. And you just kind of want to stay in your lane and do your thing. You know, your 20s are fun times to explore and your 30s are fun times to explore. But, you know, I kind of know what I'm about and, and kind of know what I like. And so I think that like that comes with everyone. And, you know, you just kind of want to bring that to the sport in a little nuanced ways you can. Like I think some of the cool things too is like when you go out there and you see somebody wearing like an interesting hat. You know what I mean? Just like beyond just like the standard cookie cutter, like golf hat. If somebody's wearing something that's kind of rad, I'll just be like that guy, he's just doing his thing. And I think like, that's cool. You know, like if Mm -hmm. we have to
0: wear polos, then we have to wear
1: polos, but at least like spice it up with something,
0: you know, something, a little pop goes a long way. Yeah. I agree with that. I think it's going to be one of those things where, uh, especially with COVID, I think COVID taught society as a whole, uh, to, I don't want to say ignore, but to completely redefine every rule when it comes to fashion and what it's appropriate to wear, when and where. Like, I just went outside. I'm midtown New York City. I'm on like in the 28th Street. And I walked to Madison Square Park. And the range of style that I saw just in a three-block walk is insane. Some people are wearing spandex. I saw a guy in leather shorts and a leather shirt. I saw, you know, your typical person in a suit, people in like regular dresses, G- like it's just the whole spectrum. And this is like the w- people who are at work, right? This is kind of like the, you know, people who are at work on their lunch break type of vibe. So this is not like, you know, tourists, tourists, you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, I think that all of the rules when it comes to fashion and obviously when people are working in different fields, you can kind of like get away with, with a lot. But I think there's going to be this weird blending over the next few years where, slowly over time people are going to kind of like define what the what the new norms are and that'll include golf so we'll see new york's back i'll say that much new york's back it is back to that it's unique yeah i was there like three weeks
2: ago i was like wow (laughs) she's just crazy
0: it's back it's full crazy people being weird people being weird again people are being stylish in the street it's back yeah it's awesome
2: dan to like to add what you you were saying to is like i don't like yeah, you, when you get older, you do, you kind of find your style, right? I I, I just wish, like, people would, like, stick to that As, as sometimes. It's, like, I, I just, I wish people would stop chasing trends so much because I feel like that's where we just get, like, all over the place. And then, like, there's so much turnover once everybody's chase, uh, chasing trends that it's, like, you just get this all this disjointed, like, and that's when people start, like, going at it with, like, what's cool, what's not cool. So it's, like, I just wish more people would kind of, like, find – I don't know what they like. Right. Like to me, that's a huge part of like your expression of yourself. And I know it's not always easy, but I think that's where like chasing so many trends is where you get into a lot of trouble in terms of like kind of trying to like build, you know, even in the golf world, like, like a platform to, to a medium of, of how we kind of handle all of this, you know?
0: Totally. No, I think that's fair. If, when it comes to your art, Chris, cause obviously I think you have, I see there's a common thread with, with a lot of your work. Um, I think it's how you use color. Um, but then there is some fun, fun flexibility into terms of like your, your line styles for me. Like some things are a little bit more geometric. Some things are more like handcrafted. Do you have a preferred, like if you said, Hey, this is going to be the one style that I draw for the next six months do you have like one, one lane that you'd prefer to stay in or not necessarily? Are you like, no, like, let me lose. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. I don't know. Like, could change tomorrow. Who knows? I would say uh, you can probably see it kind of like that messy, like line style uh, is probably what most people probably know what I, I, I work by. And like I said, uh, like kind of earlier in the show, that's, Typically, because I can hide mistakes in terms of drawing, if it's good or not. <laughs> if it's good or not. Uh, but I also do everything with a mouse, which people don't know. I kind of just developed this process over I don't know years. It's been so I kind of got like that process down, so I can kind of not like rush through things, but like I just know when I need to do something, and I'm doing it in that style. Like I can just bang it out of the park, like no problem.
0: All of your artwork is via mouse. That is. Like okay, so I, sorry. I need to pause in a second and really acknowledge how difficult that is. Um, I can I cannot draw anything on the computer unless I have my iPad, and even then, it's it's somewhat limiting. Yeah, that's that's amazing.
2: Yeah, I almost bought an iPad, and then I like, like I said, I just like got this process down. I'm like, you know what? I don't. Why? Well, I'm not even gonna mess with it. Like, there's probably a way easier a way to do like what I'm doing. I'm sure there is. I just it works for me. So I just stick with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. If it works, why not? Yeah. So you basically drew this. I'm looking on your Instagram. I've been here the entire time. Uh, the, the Thomas Shelby Peaky blinders, uh, where he's got the putter over the shoulder that was drawn via mouse. Yeah. Yep. Amazing.
2: But there is a process to it, right? Like not everything's like freehand. Like I, you'll see, like I do a lot of freehand stuff, but I do a lot of like reference stuff too. So there's a way I like, chop and mm-hmm. screw on Photoshop so I can have my process down to make sure I can do this style. Right. So it's not like me just like completely <laughs> free handing all the time, but yeah, everything's on my mouse. Yeah.
0: That's
1: awesome. When uh, Chris and I did this um, when I reached out to him a couple of months ago to do something for the shop for these teas that we wanted to put out, it was the, the super messy is what like, even you say that's your favorite and that's the one yeah. that you would, you would go to. That's literally just like, I die for that. It's so good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. that yeah. So the one we did for, for the, for the pop-up shop. Yeah. That, that one was like, I think you sent me a picture of Brookline, right? Obviously so that's like in the foreground. And then from there, like that style too, where it's got some colors in it mixed with like the hard lines. I kind of just, that's just off top of the head. I kind of just like to have fun and kind of almost like cartoon draw, <laughs> like, like it's like that old nineties, like, Album cover kind of vibe. I don't know. That
1: was, yeah, that one was specific. We kind of knew what we wanted to do for that one. But yeah. it's like the stuff where you just do like the black and whites and the lines. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just so clean. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. That was a super fun piece. I'm trying to remember where I've like this style of art, like the very first time. it would be interesting to like do a little bit of research and just the origin of this style. But you're right. It is very like 90s. It is kind of like, you know, New York City, 1988, kind of graffiti esque graphics it's super cool
2: yeah yeah it's all meant to be very uh <sighs> i mean i'm like i'm uh, chaos with organization so that's kind of where <laughs> like if you like came in and saw how my like laptop is and like how i actually work <laughs> in my files and stuff <laughs> you would not have a clue what's going on but like everything makes sense to me you know what i mean so it's kind of like where the work's a little bit of chaos but like everything kind of comes together if you look at it as a whole at least I hope it does. Maybe it doesn't.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's the number one rule with designers. Never look on a designer's computer. Don't look at my Photoshop files. They are absolute trash. My desktop is a, 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 a dumpster pile. Like there's just a folder called, I have a folder called Under the Bed where I just put all of it, everything's just in there. It's organized, but it's, but, but at least it's in a folder. So my desktop is actually clean. So yeah, I agree. There is a method to the madness. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys are just up to for the rest of the summer, plans for your respective brands. Um yeah, and then we'll like wrap up for a little bit. Yeah. So, what are your plans for the rest of 22? We're doing another
1: pop-up um at the end of this year. Um so we're doing so that's kind of a big thing we're planning for. We came out with our summer stuff um a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Fall stuff is kind of pretty exciting. We've got some new stuff we're doing there. Um getting into a lot um, more green grass um, type of places, which would be good. Cause you know, I think it'll be good to kind of get that. Um, you know, I think because we go so simple with our designs, I think it does work well, you know, kind of working with some very specific clubs, you know, and stuff like that to um, get, um, you know, our stuff into their members' hands. And, and so we're going to focus on that a bit, but yeah, so we got the pop-up and then next year, like, to be completely frank, I'm like, I'm pretty like locked in thinking we might do like a permanent space. Um, so nice feeling that one out, figuring out like what that's going to look like, but I don't know. I feel like New York, like I'm always thinking about New York too. And like, what's the opportunity down there? There's, it's just golf is such a crazy sport. And I feel like there's so many golfers in New York and there could, there needs to be more of a presence kind of in the city. So I don't know. I'm always thinking about how we could figure out something down there too.
0: For sure. Chris, what are you up to? What are your plans for the rest of the summer?
2: I got a lot of client stuff just getting through kind of behind the scenes things. Um, so, you know, pretty much the fuel of the fire there. But uh, like I said, this this year has been a lot of me concentrating on kind of putting out um, just some like staples for my brand kind of, kind of, kind of stuff like real low key, uh, like i do make a lot of graphics but like in terms of like what i wear i'm pretty i'm pretty low key so i just want to keep some simple just to represent kind of like you know my brand side of things um and at the same time you know some small collabs making some like smaller like not even like hats and tees just like some random things with like really small um you know artists or or artisans who you know kind of make like some some off-brand pieces um i have a cool collab coming up. in Japan which I'm super excited about so that was that was a lot of work um I don't actually know when that's completely launching it's like I think it's sometime next month um, but I don't have all the details on that yet but I'm really excited about that some really cool pieces there some staple pieces that I'm going to carry through to my store um and then in August um one of my buddies I met through here is doing a, a really cool meetup in LA um so I'm going to try to head out there for the first time. I've never really been past Texas. So um, I work with quite a few people out there. So I'm excited to kind of just maybe get out there and get some boots on the ground, meet some more people and put some more stuff, uh, put some more stuff out there so people can, can kind of represent a little bit. I'm just, I just like making stuff. I don't, you know, it's just like, that's really all I just, I want to keep doing.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's exciting. Making stuff is fun. Do you, are you guys playing in any tournaments, by the way, are you guys doing any tournaments this year?
2: Uh, I just did one uh, at a really cool place at Tunia. It's a Turning Stone Resort. It's like a casino here for like a foundation here. Uh, um, I'm in Syracuse, like I said. So uh, Jim Beheim, the basketball coach, does like a really cool tournament. So I just played in that, but that was like the really only one kind of on par. I, right now, I, ju- I usually just kind of tool around on the unis here. My buddies, a member at a course, and not too much plan. I'm just kind of just weekend golfing.
0: Nice, Dan. You yeah, you doing any tourneys?
1: Might jump into a couple Flyers Club events, you know, later towards like the fall. They've got some pretty epic spots that they're landing, um, but I've got four kids. So my ability to go out and play golf is pretty limited. Um, I, I reserve I it to after bedtime range sessions and squeaking in nine holes like when the sun comes up. So, yep, I hear
0: that. I don't have four. I have one, so I, I understand. I know the time is, the time is limited. You got to squeeze it in when you can.
1: There should be a golf tournament so. for
0: dads where it's the <laughs> tee off at
1: first light, at like 5 a.m., and it's over by 7 a.m.
0: 100%. I'm like, let's meet in the parking lot at like 4.30 <laughs> with coffee. Yeah, because then you're home. Yeah, because my kid, my kid. I have one son. He wakes up eh, like 6.30, 7 o'clock. But yeah, but if I could be home by like 11, that would be ideal yeah be home watch some cartoons he has some lunch he takes a nap i take a nap and then we get on with the rest of the day
1: (laughs) i know it's it's true i always i so i was talking to somebody last week and they're like the guy guys love to complain about how tired they are when they get home from golf and it's like the wife's like worst nightmares like when you come home from golf but then (laughs) she's at the kids for like
0: six hours and they're so tired yeah but that's a, that is the thing. It's so funny because, you know, having a kid, what I've had to do is, well, one, I I walk less, but I still try to walk. But then I, I got a push cart because before I used to car- carry my bag. I'm like, I'm going to play as hard as I can and kill myself on the course. And at least I'm going to get a good workout. But like now that I can't go home and pass out, because when I get in the door, I have to be at 100, right? So... I got I got the push cart. I will, you know, ride in the cart sometimes. I have an emergency stash of Red Bulls I keep in my trunk. So it's yeah, cause I gotta be a hundred when I get home. So that's what you do when you get old and, and have kids and play golf.
1: When you get home, you basically cancel your next round.
0: <laughs> oh. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fair Game Podcast. If you haven't already, you can hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or whatever service you may be using. You can also follow us on Instagram at fairgamegolf and check out some original videos on our YouTube page. You can find all these links in the episode details below. Hope you guys are getting back on the course out there. We'll see you next time.